You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts, Dion and Quinny, and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. What's heaven? It's a peaceful place in the sky. Are you going to heaven? No. You gotta be a good person to go to heaven. So, we're the same. We can't go to heaven because you're not good. And I'm not a person. Beautiful thing. Hello and welcome to the Periodic Table of Awesome. My name is Dion and today I'm joined by Peter. Hello, Peter. Hello, Dion. How are you going? It's, it's so weird and lonely with just two of us. Yeah, I know. Not weird and lonely. I feel very, <laughs> I, I feel great. It's like, it's like a duo movie, you know, here you are my erstwhile protector and here I am just the idiot AI child. Uh, <laughs> It's going on, <laughs> but we're not alone. We have the chat as well. Hello, chat. Hello, everyone. Hello, chat. chat. Uh, yes, unfortunately, Quinny has come down with a big bout of being Quinny uh, tonight, and uh, Peter. Oh, sorry, Peter. Jill is um, uh, recovering from uh, too much of a good time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, working over the. But like that makes so. it sound worse than it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all right. Uh, unfortunately, everyone can wish Quinny a, a speedy recovery for his um, uh, flu thing. Well, I don't know, whatever it is. But he would be here. He was literally like, he was crawling towards the computer because uh, he had a lot of opinions to say about this. And also he missed the One Piece one as well. So he'll be back. He'll be back next time for spooky season. He's just resting up for spooky season. He'll, he'll return from the grave. Uh, and and Jill would never miss spooky season. No, Jill, Jill yes. is Jill is the most prepared of all of us for the spooky season movies. She knows exactly what's going on. Uh, Peter, how are you going for next week's show? I, unlike Jill, have not been watching all of the horror movies on purpose. Um, yep, but I'll I'll have something to talk about. You'll have something to talk about. I mean, but what are we going to talk about tonight? The Creator. The Creator. Yes, that's right. The newest uh, science fiction <laughs> horror movie from Gareth Edwards. Does everyone know Gareth Edwards? Do I have to go into this? How? Who is Gareth Edwards? Let's go into who is Gareth Edwards. Let's, let's give information like we know things. What do you mean? You know, I can't <laughs> remember any good movie that Gareth Edwards has done. He's a new first-time director. I'm guessing that... <laughs> I'm joking completely. Come on. Uh, done Godzilla. Like, uh, fam- did he get famous, I think, for the reboot of Godzilla? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, that is one of the things. Yeah. He, he had, I don't know what his first kind of breakout film Monst- was, actually. Monsters, which was an amazing uh, film shot around the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. And, you know, if he just went in there with a camera and like shot a lot of destruction, like places that were destroyed and empty and then put CGI monsters in them and created a cool story about it. I was like, that was kind of great. And also it was a nice mm-hmm. story. Um, but yeah, then got to do, got to do Godzilla, you know, how do you go from monsters to Godzilla and then star Wars? So he's doing all well, right. Well, that's a, that is a trajectory. Yes, definitely a trajectory. Uh, and you know, it was rogue one, a Star Wars story which influenced uh, stylistically at least the Andor series uh, and reinvigorated a lot of people's 70s moustaches as they all wanted to look like rebel pilots. (laughs) Is that when that moustache thing happened? Because, oh, my God, stop. It's great. No, no upper lip hair without lower lip hair. No. (laughs) Excellent. Good. Good to know. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I'll never have a, a, a sans bearded mustache around you, Pete. That'd just be weird. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if I just have a mustache and no other hair? What if At I shaved all? my head? I mean, just, that's a look. Yeah. What if I had the reverse Hitler? I just shaved a little bit in the middle and then left the outsides. <laughs> that. Yep. But what does that have to do with the creator? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing nothing at all. Um, 
it's yeah, it's an interesting one, and now we, we get to see this one, which is it feels a little bit like a Star Wars. Like everyone kind of was uh, making this out to be like, oh, it's another film from the Star Wars universe, and it's like it's not really. It's kind of more the Matrix adjacent, I would say, than Star Wars adjacent. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of things adjacent in, in my, I mean, it's kind of Apocalypse Now adjacent if yes. you're going to, you know. Sure. Apocalypse Now meets Blade Runner, basically. I mean, look uh, at these things. You've got Chappie, you've got Elysium, you've got a whole bunch of films that are like this kind of thing. Uh, well, and, and it's funny because all of the reviews have been incredibly positive and, and most of them have said, um, you know, that it's just this incredibly original um thing and i i <laughs> found like, myself disagreeing while watching hang on a second um uh yeah and that's fine uh but i just i almost forgot because i don't usually do this thing now we have to we have to figure out what is the creator about synopsizing a synopsizing thing and because we don't have anyone here uh who does the usual synopsizing um I, i'm going to attempt this myself or should i just throw you under the bus peter you can do it i would like you to do this in a robot accent no <laughs> <laughs> what shit accent so, are you going to do? So just my normal voice then. Yeah, just just act as though you're explaining very slowly to a three-year-old what you want them to do, but you're trying to remain calm. <laughs> that's it, is that... basically how I read Tim narration at work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I had a synopsis in front of me, I could do that. No, but no, I, it's okay. I think that you might have one in front of you. I think I do have one in front of me, but I need some synopsis, synopsizing music. Is that is that what we're going to do? Going to do the yeah. oh, Wait, wait. Adsky's asked me to do the angry officer voice. And I'm like, <laughs> how many angry officers are in this film? I could try the Ken Watanabe version, but that's just a bit about talking in a thick Japanese accent. I'm not going to do that. Not do, do no. no. Hard, hard no. No, no. Um, uh, a hard no on those things, please. Uh, yes, but I do need some music. Oh. oh. Oh, no, that's just... Something has corrupted the file and now it's gotten into an absolutely... <laughs> Distorted and robotic Claire de Lune. I thought this would be a nice Claire de Lune music. This is what it's like. Hello, robot from the future. Okay, that's it. Fuck it, I'm doing it this way. And future war between the human race and artificial intelligent rages on. Ex special forces agent Joshua is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced I. The creator has developed a mysterious weapon that has the power to end the war and all of mankind. That's a bit of a stretch. Uh, as Joshua and his elite <laughs> team of elite operatives venture into enemy-occupied territory, they soon discover the world-ending weapon is actually an AI in the form of a young child. That's right, it's a morality tale. And also about asymmetric warfare. It's you know it's, it's, it's got a little bit of everything, doesn't it? That well, that was the weirdest music that I've ever had. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I actually can't hear the music on this end. So. Yeah, I know everyone out I, there was getting it. It's like that was the that was the as if you ran Claire de Lune through a shitty synthesizer and recorded it on a tape deck that was running out of battery while you played it back. Ah, uh, right. Yes, exactly. I'm kind of. Maybe appropriate for this. Yeah, kind of a little bit appropriate like that. But while we're streaming it out through Twitch, which is a new age technology, maybe I don't know how's that. Yeah, there we go. I can't get any more metaphors in there. Ah, oh, dear. It was the DJ Khaled. Oh, terrible. Anyway, yeah, the, the creator. It's about a, a, an AI robot child who has to get out, and someone was supposed to kill it or capture it, and then ends up becoming friends with it and then getting it to the thing. But yeah. Look, it had some cool ideas. Yeah. I feel like this thing on a story, like on a, on a pre-production uh, concept art level was amazing. And, and look, the, the um, um, end result of, of the character design and the AI, you know, design and the, the VFX is, is pretty damn cool. Like it, it looks impressive. Um, it is, you know, a very kind of polished. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not like a, a, a picky VFX person. Um, mm. I thought it looked pretty cool. 
and and it had this, you know, very um, Blade Runner esque aesthetic to it, yeah. which is like lovely to look at on screen. Um, bugs the hell out of me from a story point of view, uh, but that's a that's yeah. for another section. Um, it was a pretty film to look at. I will definitely give it that. Um, I think, you know, some of the performances were excellent as well um, for those who were kind of given space to perform. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, had, like, I, I watched this last night um, in the cinema uh, alone, almost alone. There was one other person in there, <laughs> which was quite nice. Uh, and I've had a lot of thoughts yeah, you were you were like, I mean, you're doing something that's very rare that I've 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 seen from you, Pete, is you were actually texting us, messaging us during the movie, going, Hey, this bit's happening and I'm not happy with this bit. And it's like this is so unlike you, Peter. You don't pull your phone out. Usually give the film your full of like I would be the one you would expect that would just be like, I'm gonna live tweet it. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, I was giving away like how I was feeling about it because I, yes. I generally only do that kind of thing if I'm starting to get pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, pissed- obviously, there were no other people in the cinema that I was um, I just interrupting loved it with my phone. It, it only took like five minutes before you started. <laughs> 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 I got pissed I think, off really I think, early. I think the message was like, I can smell a fridging. <laughs> and I just went, and I was like, oh, no. It's gonna, I'm sorry to tell you, Pete, it suffers from the fridge problem. I think we need a new icon for that. It's <laughs> such an obvious fridge problem and this is where it all just starts to fall apart for me, like just, you know, plot-wise and and, and so-called original, originality-wise. Um, I love Gemma Chan. I think that she is super cool uh, and, you know, it... it, it, it I mean, if you get Gemma Chan, you, you kind of want to use her. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's so, that. And I mean, like, yeah, who, who have we got? Who have I we mean, we're talking this? about something that literally happens the first five minutes of the film, so yeah. this isn't spoiler. I, I, I will get into it deeper in spoiler territory because, you know, sure. we, we do, like, you've got to do spoilers to kind of pick that apart. Um yeah. One of my favourite things about this movie, I think it, it really kind of encapsulates, like, you know, the three main female character archetypes. Um, you know, you've got the virtuous mother, the evil witch and the helpless child. And that is it. Yep. <laughs> but then I would say that you've also got the three archetypes. Or, oh, well, actually, no, you've got a fourth one in there. Uh, well, you talk, which, wait, yeah, okay, sorry, that's more of evil the, witch. Like, that, that's kind of like two evil witches. Um in the in the other and the on the other side you've got the uh white knight rescue person the mm-hmm. older um father figure slash protector and then you know what would you consider the rest of it like then then robots which are very hard to get a lot of emotion out of because they don't you don't react to them the same way um yeah, I mean, these robots are interesting because they yeah. are designed, you know, that the whole point of them is that you are supposed to, you know, empathise deeply with them. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, did, I did to a certain extent, like there was occasionally there's a this side, there's like side AI characters who are robots with have a robot face and they're obviously portrayed by people in mocap and they've just been superimposed out. So you kind of do get a good feeling occasionally from some of them. Like there's some of the the AI bots that don't have that have the thing that I was like, oh I'm sad about that one going, but <laughs> was that the actual one that was there? Or was this just another copy of that one? But you can't really tell. Um yeah. It was very interesting and had a lot of it played with a lot of big concepts and ideas about uh, personhood and AI that were, you know, quite successfully, I think, thrown a bit into the background um, in the sense like it's it's kind of like here's an established thing, like all of the complicated and the reasoning for it to get to where it is is just there, just accept it. And we don't mm. need to delve into it and do a bunch of exposition dumping. You're just going to have to go with it, um, which I thought was kind of done really well. It was done through a lot of show, not tell. 
Mm-hmm. Which I I, yep. kind of, I did like that. I did respect that with the audience. It's like, hey, it's it's you know, there's two there's two sides to the world now. You're either pro AI and trying to incorporate in a new system, or you're just you're you're the American capitalist anti AI, <laughs> who is just going to unilaterally bomb things that it doesn't agree um, with. <laughs> and look, here's here's. I think the the thing about this movie for me, uh, I really like sci-fi, as you know. I really don't like war films, as you know. Um, I will generally avoid watching war films, particularly ones that are kind of based on real wars, because I just don't find the depiction of that kind of human atrocity entertaining. Um, I find it kind of upsetting, weirdly. Um, And I think that at its heart, this is a war film more than it's a sci-fi film uh yeah, and yeah. this at its core i think is where the wheels have come off for me in terms of my personal enjoyment of what's going on mm-hmm. um I, I showed the uh, trailer to my um colleague this morning who is a um director and an, an animator and um she immediately first time watching it picked something that i hadn't picked up on and that's that in the first trailer they released they actually used footage from the explosion in Beirut mm. um, as in one of the shots. Um, and they got into which a, is a lot of controversy not, over that one. Not great. Not great. Um, the film itself is very much designed to feel like, a, you know, alternate reality Vietnam War situation. Um, there are a lot, mm. a lot, a lot, 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 lot of shots of crying um little you know children uh just before the americans come in and um and raise the place essentially um and and it's very very kind of obvious that you know we're kind of being emotionally led down this path of that horrendous you know photography of the children in vietnam and cambodia uh and it just you know the entertainment wheels kind of fall off there a bit for me when it's you know that like mm. that clear that that's what we're trying to to do with this plot. Like this is certainly making a statement about war, um, certainly making a statement about how one particular superpower conducts itself mm. uh, in war. And and I'm not kind of against those statements, uh, but there is also something that feels really um, uh, exploitative, I guess, to me um, about that aspect of this film, which I mm. think was really kind of core to to what it is. Um, mm. So that is, you know, I, I think, you know, when I like, I, I guess, contextualise the rest of my reaction to the film yeah. <laughs> around that, if you will. Um, well, that was one of the things, like you were like talking about the Beirut explosion that was in there and it was actually something that was raised as one of the contro- controversial things and during a Reddit AMA like someone did call out Gareth Edwards on that and he was like, yeah, so that was a trailer where we used a placeholder VFX in it and then the trailer got released and people hadn't picked it up, but it's not actually in the film. I took it out. Like it's not actually going to go there, but yeah, also not good, not good to, to do, you know, you know, I can understand the filmmaking process may have missed it, but you should probably have edited that out really, you know. And should you have done it in the first place? Do you know? Well, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Or maybe just super it with do not use this actual footage. We need to do something like this, but not this one. Please don't use this one. For the love of God, it's right here in the show notes. Don't release the trailer with this one in there. Thanks. Signed, Gary. So it's, it's definitely doing that kind of like for all mankind is spec fiction thing at the beginning where, mm. you know, it gives you a lot of the context through um, news clips that are kind of reminiscent of, you know, yeah. the history that that we understand, um, which I think is like, you know, was a really kind of nice way to set it up and then kind of moving into this, like I said, kind of Blade runner aesthetic, yeah. uh, which is so cool to look at. But if you're already kind of not in suspension of disbelief mode, uh, which you really need to be in for a sci-fi, um, I, I'm just like, I don't understand how you are in a universe where you have created AI and, um, and um, you know, robot technology so sophisticated that they have like 
feelings and you can put human faces on them, but you just never bothered with HD video or, you know, cellular phone technology <laughs> or anything like that. Like I the mean, Blade Runner aesthetic worked in Blade Runner because it was the 70s and, you know, that was, you know, the extent of the future that, that we could depict in the 70s. Yeah, where's I, my I flying had car? had trouble getting on board with that. Yeah, I mean, context. Look, it's a bit. It's a bit. Um, I kind of like when I watched it, and I I saw the the sort of aesthetic they were going for, and through that that initial few scenes where they kind of give you that quick dump of like, oh, what has happened? There's been a war. Um, I was kind of getting a lot of the Animatrix. So, did you ever watch the Animatrix? Um, after the Matrix came out. There's this thing, the Animatrix, it filled in a lot of the backstory. It showed, like, you know, the war between the machines and the humans and all this kind of stuff. And I was watching this and I'm like, this is just, this is kind of like a live action version of that Animatrix prequel kind of thing, which is explaining what had happened. And I was like, I'm getting strong vibes from that. And this combination of like technology and religion and, you know, some people working with them and some people working against them and, you know, who's doing all these kinds of things. And then, um, you know, as we got further along, I was just like, yeah, there's a few, there's a few leaps in there. Like, have they just forgotten about some technological things that are, exist right now? Um, or is it just part of the, the aesthetic that they're going for? Because it feels a little bit, and I hate to use the Simon Stallenberg as an artist, as a reference point, because there are so many wonderful artists out there and creatives who've been doing stuff like this the whole time but this is just the most visual one that you can remember it's like it's kind of like advanced technology but still used in a very low technology way mm. um which is it, it's just this combination of natural world and unnatural uh world that i love that juxtaposition seeing it on film like you know they're setting it in thailand and in Cambodia and in the Asiatic areas, but it's very high technology and everything's shiny and cool. And you're like, well, that's a great juxtaposition. I love that. Um, did it, did it all need to be shot in that sort of world? Not really. And then when you moved it, you kind of went to, to places where it wasn't really like that. It was just like Hong Kong ish style or like <laughs> a, a Harbor city. And then when you finally got out of it, you're like, Oh, we're going to go to, uh, a, Tibetan things, because as everyone knows, the the best place for enlightenment is is a is a mountaintop monastery. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. You know, <laughs> talk about that later. And and how, um, and how come you can get all that infrastructure just hidden? I how look, do you like, it, it, like, it there builds, are a lot of butt wires that are coming uh, a little bit later on. Sure. Uh, Sure. Which is a problem. That's the problem for me. You know, I, I've kind of I've complained about the kind of war film aspect of the genre. When it comes to the sci-fi, there is so much about it that's like super cool and really exciting. And yeah. I, I agree, like I enjoy the aesthetic, um, but if I'm not like fully invested in the world already, I just keep thinking like, oh, we're still using like old like fashioned wired payphones to make what? Yeah. What? Like, did, did the Boston Dynamics people, like, trap all of the other scientists somewhere and now it's only <laughs> robotics and warfare? Like, what is yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I just, you start finding little yeah. things that are inconsistent or don't make sense about the world and really while, distracting. And while that great big tank at the end is just, like, a fun visual to run, you, you just know that it's not going to work. <laughs> like, that, that tank just cannot operate based on all, like, a lot of this stuff. And also, you know, how do you have such high technology things where you can have you know, 65 targeted mini rocket things die immediately, but they can't aim straight. It's just like, yeah. They're a lot about wise. Or They're a lot about wise. Or do, they just add, um, or do they just forget that drones exist? Look, <laughs> in that world, maybe they don't. Yeah. They, they just didn't bother inventing a lot of things once they invented um, Android AI, I guess. Sure. They were like, Android AI, and now we're done. With I, like technology. I had to admit, um, speaking of cast, because I know that we're going through this, well, I was very surprised, but actually pleasantly surprised to see Alison Janey turn up as a hard ass. Oh, she was great. Action yeah, person. Yeah. And I was like, that is a that is a casting I did not expect, but I am here for that. Yeah, I I I I, I enjoyed her um yeah. a lot. Um but she wasn't the thing that made me angry while watching the film uh, but then it kind of plays into it but um no she was terrific 
Um, How do you go from West Wing to this? (laughs) (laughs) You're doing everything wrong. Um, it's, yeah, so that, that, she was cool. I, look, I really enjoyed a lot of the cast. Like I thought everyone on screen was doing a pretty good, pretty good job. There was some, you know, they were giving emotional a, They were moments. giving a good crack at it. Um, I think they were giving it a very good crack at it, but I'm not sure that all the beats quite landed really. <laughs> Uh, it yeah, yeah, the suspension of disbelief was already pretty high, and then the 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 way that like you kind of like, I don't why like it, yeah, like, too many but whys to make their decision making <laughs> process. You kind of like, but at what point did you stop wanting to just kill this thing, and then suddenly you've decided that you're not going to wait? What what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and why at one point are you just randomly white fanging it? Yeah. Like get on, get gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like pebbles at it. What? Yeah, what? Why? I don't. <laughs> the decision making process is wrong. The only th- the only creatures creatures the only uh, the th- things that I uh, felt uh, extreme sympathy f- for were the suicide trash cans, which we'll get to later on. They were the only <laughs> robots in the whole thing that I was actually like, oh, poor poor robot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like the design on them. Again, yeah. kind of like inconsistent with what else is happening in the world, but they were cool. But, yeah, um, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Especially because they I, were just being ordered. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you shouldn't have to order it. I'm like it's a pleasure to see oh, No, see ya. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just have this thing. is like no, no, technically you shouldn't. Like can you imagine though like in terms of warfare of a human having to order a bomb to drop? Like, yeah. you know, and the bomb's like, yes, I'll do that now. And you're like, why would you even give it the option? Yeah. <laughs> why? I really like how the design of them and the way they move really, like, brought into mind some of the terrifying oh, yeah. dynamics videos Boston that you dynamics, see. Yeah. Like, that, that that was cool. And yeah. there were some clips in the, in the um, you know, uh, archival prologue in the beginning mm. um, that kind of you know tied yeah. all of those ideas in together as well. I was, you know I was just like when when do these clips become HD? Well, they never become HD. Just <laughs> you know what SD yeah. is fine for this world. Yeah, yeah. SD <laughs> is fine. <laughs> yes, if you don't have HD at home, we have SD for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so right. yeah, there, there were lots of little but wise, and and I think when you're kind of looking at like a very high budget sci-fi slash you know bordering on spec fiction, um, the one rule with sci-fi really is the world building and the consistency in the world building, and I I just you know again wheels a little bit fell off for me. Um, with just the number of little things that I was like, nah, it doesn't make sense in this world. That yeah. doesn't make sense either. Uh, and I'll butt why them all later. I don't want to, you know, do the more spoilery now. No. Um, well, we're getting to that sort of point, though, to the pointy end. Um, we should actually rate it and then see a clip and then come back and talk about the spoileries because we've done it. But, I mean, you'll, I, this has been advertised to uh, be seen in IMAX. And maybe I should have gone and seen it in IMAX, considering that things just It would be open. spectacular. Yeah, yeah, it, it it would be spectacular in IMAX. It, it's a it's a beautiful looking film. It, I kind of it feel really is. I kind of feel like now that uh, locally Sydney has its its IMAX. Now I'm actually really picking which is the film I want to go and see in the new kind of IMAX theater to be like, ooh, which one do I want to see? And you know what? I'm just going to be offered with the worst option. It's going to be like Joker 2 or something. Like that's going to be (laughs) – and by that stage, I'll just be so frustrated. Like, oh, fuck, fine. I'll just see it, whatever. Whatever's there. Or maybe it'll be like Madam Web in IMAX. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I hadn't – I totally missed my radar. I only remembered today that Madam Web is really a film and it's going to come out. Thanks. Probably not going to see it yeah, unless you guys make me for I the purposes you. of but why. I have no interest. I was like, what? It's actually, okay, great. I don't what it, I like. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll uh, get into that later. I don't even know what it is, but from your reaction, I'm thinking that I probably don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah based on like it's Spider Man adjacent. So you remember how like Morbius was, you know, 
comic book movie adjacent. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes, uh, yes, of course, uh, Karina, the, the design of Nomad and it's all-encompassing kind of terrifying presence and the way it operated, that was kind of good because you knew that it wasn't its own robot. It was just being controlled by humans, but it was terrifying because it just dropped shit on you. Like, basically, as soon as you've been targeted, you're fucked. <laughs> um, and, and it's always this this ever-present thing hanging in the sky looking like a you know devil kind of eye sitting above you and you can't do anything to stop it you know (laughs) i would have liked to see them try somehow and to see what the defense like its defenses were because its defense was it's just like oh i'm too far up you know well I have questions about that later as well because I got very confused at the end of the film about the physics of what was going on. Uh, yeah, at some points it's in space that. and at other points it seems to be just about 100Ks. Like what? what yeah, but that? then it always kind of looks the same and that's not how distance works. And then like, no. yeah, I just I have, I have actually quite a few questions. Yeah. And is Nomad a base where people can go to and hang out? It kind of seems like there's officers on it. Um, like not officers, but officers there. Yeah. And- <laughs> Like, did you, just, did you just fly up there to go to work? Like, how? How? <laughs> yeah. Questions. Yeah. Lots of wheels fell off at the very end for me with Nomad because I was, like, literally just trying to figure out the physics of how it was yeah. doing what it was doing in that moment. Uh, and I, I'm not, like, you know, an astrophysicist, uh, but yeah. it wasn't making sense to my understanding of yeah. How, <laughs> how did you feel about Alfie? Did you did you end up falling in uh, in like with the child savior of AI kind? Uh, I mean, Alfie was sweet. Alfie yeah. was a sweet. I, I, I feel like they could have maybe done a little bit more. I, I feel like they sure. could have given Alfie a little bit more in terms of um, you know, dialogue and agency. Um yep. but you know, yep, she was a sweet character. Um yep. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of issues with how things kind of like roll at the end there, um, which we can't talk about till spoiler section. Uh, but I thought I thought that her performance was excellent. Uh, there were some, you know, really nice moments. Did you mm. did you end up liking Alfie? Um, you anti Alfie. Uh, I would say I'm in like with Alfie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gotta say, yeah, like. Uh, there was it felt it felt to me like there was a lot of wasted opportunities across all of the different cast and their motivations mm. at some point at some point it was like there's a pretty good idea for it but at, at at certain ways across it i was just like all of it seemed a little bit slippery it all seems that their their abilities to do things just varied according to what the narrative needed rather yeah. than what they could do and that is a tricky balance to get i think as a filmmaker especially when there's something written down and you've got to have a little journey about what, why people are doing things or why were they able to get through it? Um, and this one was just, yeah, I was like, Oh, cool. Hmm. Um, they just do that now. Great. I mean, it also suffers from the problem of fridging essentially. And, you know, having a, a main protagonist whose only goal is to, you know, chase down the woman who actually, like, she deliberately left because he yeah. had horrifically lied to um, yeah. for a very long time and maybe she didn't want to see him. Uh, yeah. But that, like, kind of single focus of, well, I don't care what's going on, no matter what is happening, how am I going to get to this, you know, woman who I think that, you know, I owes me some time or something. Um, yeah. It really, it does kind of suffer from, um, unfortunately, setting up a very trophy motiva- uh, tropey motivation for the key protagonist, yeah. um, which, you know, again, I have a lot to say about that later, um, but I just don't feel like I can get into it without spoiling it. The thing is, this film has been very, very highly reviewed by uh, others, so I'm not going to tell anyone not to go out and watch it, uh, but I am going to be honest about my enjoyment levels uh, watching the film. Um, yeah which were not necessarily high. Yeah, fair enough. 
We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> well, okay. You, you've got to give us the, the rating now. Sorry, I keep forgetting. Without other people here to help, uh, like factor you. Usually, you're the one who factors me into this. What are we doing? Am I doing it first? I'm going to go for a rating. You do it this. first. You go first. Yeah, and don't forget in the chat too to uh, give us your ratings now. If you've seen the creator, if you'd recommend it. Uh, don't get confused like I did. I didn't see Tyler, the creator. I just saw the creator. And <laughs> the Wikipedia page, Wikipedia pages are definitely different. That's all I'm going to say. Um, look, I I think it's visually very, it's such a nice idea. There's some really great moments in it. I love a good tech and a well-executed tech story. And I love a, a near-fi, you know, something that could potentially work. Like I love that all of them are still shooting like old AK-47s that they're modded up and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. It's one of the things I liked about Elysium. You know, there's massive tech, but also sometimes you have to take what is available and add stuff to it. And that I got that feeling uh, in in this. And the only thing that, that sort of that got me a little bit was there seemed to be too much lo-fi nature work and like combined with too much... Um, high technology for weird reasons. Like I just couldn't get myself past the high tech AI monastery. Like I'm like, where, when are they building this shit? Like what, what's building that? Who's building these things? Uh, and why are you making it look like a weird science fiction version of something? I feel like if they'd used AI to do it. So look, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a worthwhile story. It's interesting based on the fact that we have all of this AI stuff now, which isn't really AI. It's just large learning, mon um, massive. So what are they, what's the actual acronym? Large learning models, golems, uh, punching out AI art and AI scripts, which is just regurgitating. It's not true AI. Um, but it, it could be an interesting, you know, thing to think of for the future. So I'm going to give it a solid 80 based on its visuals and fun that you have with it. Uh, but it lost all of its marks because it didn't really connect in the way that I think it hoped for. Still yeah. solid though, because it's it's good. It's like, you know, ooh, lots of explosions. That looks cool. <laughs> that person's the evil one. This is the person's the good one, like that kind of thing. I, I agree. The visuals are amazing. Yeah. Um, the the visuals are fantastic. The design is is fantastic, if not slightly nonsensical, but still cool to look at. Um, the the you know what it is saying, um, what it's certainly what it's trying to say uh, about a lot of things. Like I think it's um definitely trying to carry a worthwhile message. Uh, so I'll I'm kind of giving it points for that. Yeah. Um, but. You know, for me, A, I accidentally watched a war film when I don't like to watch war films, and, and it was one that I really did feel like was quite deliberately designed on images of real kind of human atrocity, um, it, which just felt so weird for me in this the context of, you know, let's make a fun, entertaining sci-fi film. Yeah. Um, it was tropey as fuck, I have to say. Like I haven't gone through all of it, but like yeah. there were so many times where I was like, "Fucking ser seriously, that yep, that is what is happening now." Um, you know, it's it's don't think it passes the Bechdel test um, because oh no, it no it does if you count two AI female characters as it just scrapes through on the Bechdel test in one scene. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and, but, yeah, but they fridge. They fridge the woman. Yeah, but it, it starts, it, the whole thing is built on a fridging and that, like, it loses a lot of points for that because, fuck me, find better motivations for people to do things, seriously. Um, particularly, like, find a motivation for a man that's not chased down the woman who actually left me on purpose because I fucking lied to her. And, um, the, and the terrifying idea. That hard you, to get on board with for me, the, frankly. The terrifying idea that you can just recall about two minutes worth of someone after they've been dead for a while is like, <laughs> I don't enjoy that. <laughs> Especially if they have like a mobile unit. Ugh. <laughs> I did like how they woke up. I was like, oh, tell my wife I love her. It's like, no, what? <laughs> hmm. <Oy. laughs> Yeah. Um, but ultimately, adding all of those things up, I was more angry than I was um, amazed in this film. Uh, so I'm going to give it a pretty low score for me. 
I'm going to give it 58. And I'm going to detail some of the reasons why after the clip. Sure. Maybe I enjoyed it a lot more than everyone else. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Oh, no, okay. no, no. It's, uh, I think that I'm an outlier. The, the film has been right. very, very highly rated by other reviewers. I mean, there was um, a good point. I just got a bit pissy at it, so I'm giving it a low rating. There's a, there's a good point Karina made uh, just earlier. Apparently it was made for $80 million budget. So it's a pretty good uh, result that you're getting out of that. Maybe that's why it was all in standard definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hid all of the low-poly models on yeah. the, the stuff there. Uh, all right, let's go to a little clip and I want to go to the one where we see a lot of action after the tank is coming for the child. Why not? Which is not a metaphor for anything else that's happening right now. They've come for me. I have to help. There's nothing we can do. I have to help. Alfie, we got to go. Alfie! Come on, if you can't have a monkey setting a bomb off in your movie, you're in the wrong place. And Gareth Edwards does do a good action sequence. That was great, but so confusing. Was that monkey trained specifically to do that? Was it an AI monkey? What is going on? I I like to believe both of those things. <laughs> I like to believe that it was actually like the, the, the robot that set the charge was actually being controlled by the monkey. And the monkey was actually the robot AI thing. It's like, ha ha, <laughs> you think you've got me, but you didn't because I'm the monkey. Kaboom. Um, which, you know, like some some good fun ideas in there for sort of uh, bits and like of the bits and bobs. But, uh, oh, man, I don't know. Tell me your problems, Pete. You, you know, it is like it is impressive for the, the budget level um you know visually and and otherwise um but first i really just need to talk about the criminal misuse of Gemma chan um if <laughs> sure. anybody would like um to see uh Gemma chan in an excellent um ai um android um rights story uh they should go and watch the series humans um in which she is terrific and actually visits like pretty much all of the same themes in terms of what is human and what parts of humanity are, are worth protecting um, as this film does. Um, but it does it as a British series that is, you know, quite a good sci-fi for I a just, much longer budget than this. I just realised that uh, I uh, haven't seen that. So that is something that I'm going to have to go and do go and check out humans like it's you know it's not quite as explosiony uh as this it's you know much oh, what? is there pace. a monkey that blows something up please tell there me there are no monkey? monkeys oh. blowing things up oh. uh it is it is more of kind of like a human story uh, than so a, it's a it's you know full-blown war story that this one is it's a think piece um, i mean the fact that i could tell a good five minutes before it even happened that she was going to get fridged um yeah oh that was that go, was... goes to show how deeply by the book tropey this particular fridging was like deeply deeply by the book and uh, that annoyed me to begin with because i was like well she's obviously going to die immediately um which makes me sad because i like her and wanted to see more of her but she really kind of features in the trailer so you kind of think you're going to see more of her which is a bit of an error um the fact that after the fridging act, there were immediate flashbacks 
yeah. of the perfect wife in the pure white dress being happy on the beach with her pregnancy, like immediate I, flashbacks. I, I knew that was going <laughs> to shit you. Like it was one of those things. I'm like, Pete's going to hate this part specifically. And yes, you did. That was the texting that you're like, Jesus, <laughs> angelic white dress. No. It's like, okay. It's yeah. the tropiest possible way to fridge someone. Yeah. Um, and and those kind of continue and then like the Claire de Lune comes in and it comes <laughs> on. Oh, guys, come on. Let's like, you know. Yeah, I, I mean Yeah, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna put up like if you if you're gonna do if you're gonna like do a dry uh, uh, a car race, you might as well have all the flashy cars in there. All those things you're expecting to see. And the other thing is this, it's kind of an obvious misdirect as well um, because clearly, and we are like deep in, are we in spoilers? Uh, yeah, we should be. I, should I, put I think the a lot of people in chat have seen it. Yeah, okay. um, I, I put the spoilers up. So for, consider, I mean, I think, consider you know. yourself we, warned. I mean, once you've seen the monkey blow something up. Watching this movie is really more about the visuals than anything. I don't think it really matters if people get spoiled anyway, but, you know, some people don't like being spoiled. So be warned. It's happening. Um Given that a lot of the movie is based on us questioning um, or being on board with the main protagonist questioning uh, whether she is actually dead, um, the the, the um, fridging event was also a very annoyingly obvious misdirect as well um, mm. in that, like, she just looks at him just so calmly and you're like, oh, well, she obviously doesn't think that she's about to die. Maybe no. she knows something else. Um which you then expect to be explained later and it's not. And and that kind of, you know, shit me a bit. Um, and then you kind of get into this trap of you've got this character who is searching for a person who, if she is alive, most certainly doesn't want to be found by him um, or probably would have made herself known to him in the past five years. And yet he somehow feels that he has some kind of... Um, right to mm. go off finding her and endangering her in doing so knowing like the nature of the people that he works with um so that to me yeah. just kind of seems shitty to be perfectly frank so really really hard to get on board with the main mission and then it kind of becomes this weird like protect the child but he like for most of the time he doesn't really care about protecting the child he only cares about using the child to get to the wife and then, like, at some point towards the end, he realises that he needs to protect the child. Um, but the entire thing is just this kind of, like, you know, fairy tale mission to go and, like, save this woman who never asked to be saved. And where does he find her? Where does he find her, Dion? Where does he find her? Asleep in a fucking tower. Like, asleep. Was that a, asleep in it, a tower? He it, goes to rescue her asleep was, in a tower. Was that in, was that a metaphor somewhere? I can't quite see where the metaphor is coming from. I mean, I know it's Disney, but fuck me! Like, you don't need I to mean, do it, it for every single female character. It would only have been worse if there were like seven robot monks <laughs> <laughs> who were the attendants, and they're all shorter than a lot of other people, and you would have been like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, so, so having you kind of, yeah, yeah, having one of your main female characters kind of really only exist in flashbacks for the film was um, was an irrit um, for me. The, the tropiness of the fridging and the entire plot that was based on it was an irrit for me. Um, and because I was irritated by those things, uh, everything else just started to fall apart. I started asking all of these questions that I wasn't supposed to be asking, nope. like like if we know, for example, that we do have a technology where you can essentially download somebody's brain scan um, after they have died and, you know, plug it into a very human-like AI Android, uh, and we find our wife still alive but in a coma and has been like that for five years, do we immediately say, time to die? Or do we say maybe we can get one of those brain plug things? <laughs> exactly. Like if he, but, he obviously knows the technology exists. Like, sure. but no, 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 time to die. Like, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> just time to die. And we're not talking like uh, what was the the Netflix series about the altered carbon, which was about you know 
That was about, hey, making sure you got a backup of your memory so you can just be downloaded into a new body. Yeah. yeah. Which obviously they have the technology to do in this world. And like she would have been very happy in an Android body because they're kind of her people. Yeah. Uh, so those kind of things I was like, oh no, that, he, what? Okay. That's obviously serving the plot right now and not actually like, you know, serving anything else. It's a, there's some, um, there's some um, scuttlebutt in the chat about it there being a lot more that was cut out of uh, the movie and hopefully we could see a director's cut until I just got reminded that, uh, wait, there can't really be a director's cut unless they release that movie because Disney doesn't make any more physical media. Yeah. So we don't get well, those I think they could release a director's cut on streaming. Yeah, I know, um, but it's not the same. You know, do you remember? Do you, I know. Do you remember, remember, remember the good old days of Blu-ray and DVD where you'd buy a copy of the movie and then suddenly it would come with all of these extras and then it just, people got weighed down by the fact they got too focused on bullshit, of bloated <laughs> bullshit in movies that we didn't actually care about. And now it's gone back the other way. Like, fine, you're not getting anything. It's like, oh, okay. In fact, we're going to have this movie on streaming for two months and then we're going to just put it in an archive because it makes better sense for a pro producerial offset. <laughs> maybe the director's cut would explain why she was in a coma because i could have used that information because the way they explained it kind of made it seem because like she just kind of had made herself after she lost her baby but because like, but big big boom made her go sleepy time no no that's not what big booms do though big booms <laughs> don't make human bodies go sleepy time big booms make human bodies go oh bernie bernie death um <laughs> yeah so but but maybe one of the robots was shielding around her so she didn't get Bernie Bernie death. She just got, you know, big boom. The way it was time. explained was after she lost the baby, she went into a coma and she's been like that ever since. It definitely sounded like she padmate herself into a coma. Sure. I'm just saying it could have been explained better. And that's the thing. You had that obviously misdirect at the beginning where you're <laughs> supposed to question whether she's still alive, but then they don't explain how she's still alive. I'm like, what? I take, I what take I take umbrage to the phrase uh, Padmaid herself. <laughs> but I can't deny that it's accurate. <laughs> Is that not what Padmaid did? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I'm just going to die now. Oh, I'm so it's, sad. It's, we can't explain it. She seems to have lost the will to live. Oh, convenient. <laughs> um, so, so being so pissed off with all of that kind of thing, every time there was something kind of like that just kind of little bit didn't make sense, my suspension of disbelief was gone. Like, I was not suspending any disbelief for anything at that stage, uh, basically. And that is a bad way to watch sci-fi films, essentially. Uh, you you got to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, to, to but I mean, I was suspended from the very outset of this. It's like, AI would never turn against humans. We're so nice. <laughs> thing is, they didn't. A little bit of, like, plot that you might have missed at the end. The yeah. AIs didn't do anything. It was a human coding error in the first place. Well, I didn't miss that. Like, I mean, I saw that. It's like, oh, they just couldn't admit their own, you know, chutzpah. And I'm like, well, that that makes sense. You know, <laughs> we found a scapegoat. It wasn't us. It was the AI. They're the problem. Uh, but I did like the fact that they explained that with having, oh, but there are some countries that have fully embraced it and they're all down for AI things and they're trying to integrate them. Like, that's nice. And yeah. now the U.S. is raining fire on them. Yeah. Well, they tried. But, yeah. you know. Okay. Explain. Explain. Yes. What is it? Nomad? Yes. Because in... Okay. So, so there are so many questions about the end. For a yes. start, why does North American does Orbital Alfie... Mobile Aerospace Defense System. <laughs> First question... Yep. Why does Alfie go and need to? Why does Alfie need to go and sit in a hologram in order to get the EMT powers kind of working uh, across Nomad? Because like, Nomad, I know is... it was the control room, but why is the control room just a hologram of but, the planet? Because Nomad is absolutely air gapped from but, everything. But That's why it's up in Nomad the, the whole like <laughs> she was in. She was in there. <laughs> Maybe because it came down. She had to go and sit in a hologram. Maybe it came down and she had to like touch the control section. Maybe that's how. It, maybe it's all actually really low. But was that the control section? Why? Why would the like what? I don't. No controls in there. It was just a room with a giant globe hologram on it. Yeah. Wheels. Wheels really falling off by this stage. Yeah. I mean, I kind of really was a bit disappointed when I got there and I saw that there were actually like bombs. It could have been a much more interesting thing to just have like what is Nomad when it deploys something. Well, it's basically just like a giant depleted uranium, like solid mass 
that it sends from space and it accelerates so fast that it is like dropping a nuclear bomb, but it doesn't have the radiation. Like that would have yeah. been interesting. That would have been interesting. And also um, if Nomad was also an AI. <laughs> you know. uh, but my other question is where is Nomad? Yeah, well, it's 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 whatever height it needs to be to make the plot move forward. The plot, <laughs> yeah, because it, that didn't work at all. Like it's it's over the west coast of the United States, but it's also kind of in the stratosphere. Um, but it also like uh, is very kind of visible from like just standing on a beach. Um, yes. But it also can like run its lasers over like cities in Asia when it was just on the west coast of the United States and then when it like crash lands it's just kind of like the size of a jet plane so (laughs) yeah okay Uh, Karina did point out that like she was too young so Alfie was too hasn't grown because remember technically that was explained by Ken Watanabe which was like she can grow and she and it was like wasn't really oh no I understand that I understand that she needed to be inside Nomad she was inside Nomad for quite a bit of the yeah. run that she did I feel to like, get to the global hologram. I feel like she she could have just spent like all of her skill points in upgrading her Wi-Fi router. <laughs> <laughs> As she was going through this learning sort of section, she could have just like pour all your points into your Wi-Fi distance and then you just be able, like, hmm, boom. Easy. And yeah. let's like talk about Alfie's powers. Like what what are they? Because sometimes she's like, got you know just she can control things and other times like suicidal robots are like bowing down to her yeah like what like what remember, is she like is remember, she the do you remember God that movie, now? do you remember that movie hackers yes that's exa- when when <laughs> alfie closes her eyes and puts her hands together she goes into that state exactly like that movie hackers and she's just <laughs> in the system she's in the net she's hacking the yeah. mainframe and that's why everyone stops and like all the robots stop and like look at the visual inside of their like basically they're all just going to a catatonic state of watching hackers. <laughs> that's how I think of it. And then like whatever they're typing is like somehow like projected onto their face, like because yeah. that's how screens work. Yeah. Okay, it's more like that movie Swordfish. You remember when Hugh Jackman <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I do remember that movie. Yeah. Why did I even? Why did was I watch doing a lot of hacking on that laptop under stress. That's exactly what Alfie was doing. Here's here's another question. Yeah. Is it really that much better uh, to destroy a giant space station full of nukes uh, in the <laughs> vague airspace of the place you're trying to? Uh, to protect yeah. uh, than it is just to let the missiles hit um, because, like, at least, like, the, the missiles were aimed, like, just bits of Nomad and all of the nukes inside just, like, raining down fire on wherever. It yeah, was probably also like, a bad idea. You know, if there's something that we've learned from Cold War-era accidents and nuclear submarines is that there's no possible way that nukes are going to be any detriment if they just fall into the ocean. They'll be fine. Mm. be totally mm. normal. What about that entire scene where, like, we obviously, like, the, you know, the bomb was obviously dirty so they had to, like, have their, you know, suits on when he yeah. was going out to look for the ring until yeah. he just didn't. Yeah. Like, just no, no more suit. That, that one, yeah. Actually, that, it's fine to be here now. Yeah, that, what, that was that was actually that one? one of the things I really liked about it in that sort of sense is, like, he has a job <laughs> walking around making sure like going well that looks like a dead robot but then robots don't actually die uh shit <laughs> like <laughs> i did like that that was that was really interesting and actually quite good at panicking humans and making people go oh shit that's like playing on my sensibilities but it didn't do anything evil that was the thing the robot wasn't trying to kill anyone the robot was just like oh my god help me <laughs> like i'm trapped yeah. here i've been here for ages help me and it's like yeah okay maybe you should help that robot and not just shoot it yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, and those, those kinds of points that was making about, you know, how we, I guess, view the other, um, they were all decent yeah. points. I just, I was just like, after the first fridging, I was just out. <laughs> just I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't experiencing it the way I should have been experiencing it. Let's look, it's a fair cop. <laughs> it's a fair cop. I mean, I still enjoyed the creator. I Do I want to see the creator too? No. <laughs> um, 
was it a weird remake of that other movie, The Creator? Um, oh no, that was The Master. The Master, Master. The Creator. What do we get next? The Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's gonna be one for Jill. Yes, <laughs> an AI ghost. Wait, we've had that movie somewhere, haven't we? Um, yeah, weird combination. I feel like I want to put them all into the same sort of like uh, boat now, which is uh, the Animatrix and uh, someone had mentioned iRobot earlier as a as a good example, and even AI artificial intelligence. But that doesn't have any war in it, so that's boring. Um, and then you've got like uh, Elysium um, and Chappie, you know, cool. Yeah. Have you ever seen Chappie? I've seen Chappie. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp, one South African production. It's a little bit problematic these days because of DeAntwood. Um, you can go look that up yourself if you wonder what that's all about. But uh, yeah, Chappie was a good uh, kind of even, um, oh, what was the other Neil Blomkamp one? The Alien District 9, that's right. Sorry, I get there eventually. Um, all of those design aspects were really cool. And I feel like it all kind of matched together, like this could all happen in the same universe. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, most of those things, like, do what sci-fi does really well, which is kind of asking these questions about, yeah. you know, humanity and, and who we are and yeah. and the only really what it means to be human. Like, sci-fi that ask that question of, yeah. of generally lovely the only the only real interesting consideration that i put in there was that thing that's uh currently happening which is you know <clears throat> there's a big problem with uh you know movie studios part of the reason that everyone's striking is because they're like hey we're going to scan your likeness and use it in the future and in this one they're just putting it out they're going <laughs> donate, donate your, your face you know donate your likeness you know give it to a, an ai and that was really well explained in that uh was that the police robot that came out like the police robot that died and then later mm. he comes back again and you're like, oh, it must be his. Oh, no, that's just the same face. Right. Yeah. Yep. They're just reusing because, of course, they wouldn't have singular faces. They would just repurpose stuff because they can. Because they can. And these were all like the little details that were kind of cool, but a little bit annoying that they were unexplained because, you know, why yeah. can't you just like make a face that's not the same as someone else's face if you had the technology to make a face at all? Um, exactly. I, it, you know, that like, it was like a cool detail, but also another one that I was like, but why? Yes. But there, it's not but, like, it's why not, not just make other face? Yes. And why can't they just generate their own ones? I mean, especially considering Alfie's face was based on the interpretation of what their child would have looked like. Yes. Or like, I think that there was DNA involved, which like, um, sure. again, not really explained. And also how was Alfie growing? Like, we don't need to worry about like, that. Like, where are the metal components, like, that make up Alfie, like? The greatest yeah. the greatest scene in the whole film was at the end where Alfie was very sad because she just lost her faux dad and mother and then realised that she was the saviour of AI kind. So I just started smiling and going, great, I've accepted <laughs> my role now as the, the saviour. Oh, my God, I did not touch on the running through the field trope. <laughs> like, at that stage, I was like, they are doing this on fucking purpose, but I don't understand why. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was some really good bits in there. Like speaking of running, I remember that the scene where the robot was targeted and he was trying to get away, and then realized that he was going to run through like a building full of children, and just stopped and just kind of went, "It's okay, just stay over there because I'm fucked now, and I don't want to kill you." Which was like nice, you know. Mm. Robot sacrifices self to preserve younger life, and I liked some of those other uh, throwaway scenes that they put, like the old old grandmother robot and, you know, children, human children growing <laughs> up with uh, um, uh, robots in their lives perpetually so they form connection to them. And so there was that really interesting sort of stuff going on with it. But I think it was just not enough focus on it or not enough as a part of the intrinsic story to make it a very complicated film. It was more like, mm. oh, yeah, we've thought about this, but we've got to get back to the bonds now. Yeah. Like the, the world building was cool. It's kind of like you want to spend time in the world and have the world explained to you a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but but it's kind of just more about, you know, the children screaming and <laughs> the screaming and up. the bombs and the destruction and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. Oh, well, uh, that's it for, for the creator. Go and see it. If you can see it on IMAX, yeah, go see it on IMAX. It could be just a great visual spectacular. Uh, Pete, have you made your decisions about what you're watching? 
for next week. Next, what are next your, week. What are your spooky I'm, movies? I am taking Jill's advice and watching Totally Killer, which is uh, on totally Amazon killer. Prime. Totally excellent. Um, we will have to put up the list. I have remember we haven't done that yet, which we promised we would we would put up the stuff uh, about what we're watching so that people could at least do it instead of just coming in for our spookuterie cheese board of movies and stuff that we've been doing. But yeah, this is really the whole thing. I don't know if I'm going to get bother getting dressed up. Oh, wait, hang on. Is it next? It is next Tuesday. It is actually Halloween. I think we will. We must get dressed up. So I'm going to put that one down. And no one here... Uh, sorry, half of us. I'm voting for yes. So, Peter, if you don't vote for yes, uh, I'm going to vote by proxy for Jill and Quinny. So it's three versus one. We're all getting dressed up. Or are you getting? Are you going to vote for it as I, well? I literally have like have a whole pile of sewing next to me because I'm doing pint-sized cosplay essentially for my for my nephew, um, who wants to be Captain Barnacle for Halloween. Uh, and you can't buy Captain Barnacle costumes. So like. Sewing is happening Wait, in my what? house. Is there an actual oh. Captain Barnacle? <laughs> Which super soldier program did he come from? <laughs> uh, he is the leader of the Octonauts, if you must know. Oh. The leader? <laughs> you're not helping. You've dug down. Sorry. <laughs> you've, you've said words and I'm like, what? What's this from? Uh, Octonauts. If, if you Octonauts, know little right. people. You need to know more little people to know Octonauts. It's actually quite you know, a nice educational um, kids show okay. um, that tells you a lot about animals and nature and stuff. Great. Yeah. Captain Barnacle. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think everyone wants to see pictures of Captain Barnacle now if you can take one that is de-anonymized so that the <laughs> oh, AI well, doesn't take I'll, I'll see face. how I go. Given I'm actually not a cosplayer, my costume-making abilities are average. So sure. we'll see how we go. Can't go any better or worse than my terrible Lion-O from last year. Amazing. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. Hope you enjoyed uh, uh, the creator or the chat about the creator. And don't forget, we'll come back next week for the Halloween edition. It will be a Halloween-y. That's a, that's a good excuse next week to have uh, chocolate for dinner. <laughs> You're all allowed to. Oh, I'm going to have some chocolate now, actually. Oh, don't rub it <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We're going to go now. Bye. Bye. listening to the periodic table of awesome podcast if you have questions please email info at the periodic table of awesome.com find us on our website www.theperiodictableofawesome.com where there's links to our itunes facebook youtube twitter instagram and twitch until next time stay awesome